My Travel Podcast, a travel podcast that highlights our travel community of women, people of color, and adventurous spirits. You can expect amazing travel stories and incredible experiences from all over the world, along with tips and tricks from our expert guests. I'm your host, Janine Romo, aka La Wild Explorer. And I'm your co-host and producer, Martha Espinoza Wynn, aka Martha Gets It. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone. We have a special guest on today's podcast. We have Christy Teglo. Um, Christy, we have been trying to get you on and figuring out like we had a little mix up. Um, so we're so glad we're on now. Uh, Christy, can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit more about you? Yeah, sure. And thanks for having me on. I'm glad we were able to find a time to make it work. Um, yeah, so I've been pretty much the last few years, um, full-time travels, uh, the last two with COVID has been a little on and off travels, but, um, yeah, in 2016, I hiked the John Muir trail, which is about 220 miles in the California Sierra mountains, um, by myself. And that kind of started my desire to do, uh, something else other than just kind of working for uh, corporate America in the Los Angeles, Long Beach area. And I um, did my first kind of solo overseas trip in 2017. And then by the summer of 2018, I had sold my house and packed up my car and drove to Alaska. And um, 2018 and 2019 were spent just full time um, exploring and adventuring. Um, and then in 2020 and 2021, it was mostly kind of exploring within the U S um, due to travel restrictions and stuff, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a fun several years. I love it. it. Sounds fun. <laughs> right. I'm like, Christy must have all the good stories. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of really good stories. I love, uh, so many times there's just, you know, organic things that have come up and people that I've met that, um, have really made it worth it and made solo travel, uh, really fun actually. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. The great thing about solo travel is that you're never really solo unless you want to be. Yeah, that's exactly it. There's definitely times where, you know, um, I'm by myself and, you know, don't mind being by myself. And other so many times, though, I meet people on day tours or at Airbnbs or um, just literally sometimes on the street. So um, it's it's pretty fun that I feel like actually when you're by yourself, a lot more people are willing to come up to you and talk to you and um, get to know you than uh, with you're with somebody else because you're not engaged in a conversation with somebody. So it really gives a pretty rich experience, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to get to know you. So we are going to start off by a quick little icebreaker. Um, Janine, do you want to take it away? Yes, we're going to do a this or that. So Christy, just like whatever comes to mind first, don't overthink it. But it's okay if you overthink it because I'm an overthinker too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, West Coast or Midwest? Uh, West Coast. Right, West Coast, best coast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> desert trails or mountain trails? Oh, definitely mountain. You're very sure of these, Christy. I love it. You're just like, on fire. yeah. These, it's, these are actually <laughs> she ones knows I've herself about before. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Exploring your backyard, you know, the U.S. or our neighbors. 
<laughs> Ooh, that is a tough one. Um, uh, it so depends. I think my gut would have to go uh, neighbors. Neighbors. I love it. Yeah, we, we the U.S. is always here, so why not explore uh-huh. more? <laughs> awesome. Um, savory travel snacks or sweet travel snacks? Ooh, that's really tough too. I oh, I probably tend to lean towards sweet. <laughs> I try not to, but uh, yeah, I got a sweet tooth many times. I I feel you. I feel you. I'm a chocolate lover. I'm a yeah, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, exploring by land or by sea. I'm gonna have to say land there. I definitely get uh, motion sickness, <laughs> unfortunately, oh, on, okay, on okay. Uh, boats. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. I'm always, yeah, I'm always with the, um, what is it? Dramamine, the yep. motion sickness. Yeah. I know. And it works so great, but then it also makes me so tired. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, yeah. So, um, we want to welcome you back to the U S you just ended a long stay in Australia. Yeah, that one, it was um, uh, just before COVID started, actually, can't come back, but I'd spent six months there. So I drove around uh, the entire country in Tasmania. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> oh, amazing. Okay, so that that happened before COVID? Yeah, yeah, because it, it was, I'm a little behind on my blog. So that was all um, 2019. And then I came back um, the end of the year 2019. And then I got basically when I came back to the U.S. I was gone for about nine months I came back to LA and got my stuff from storage and moved it to the Midwest in St. Louis where I grew up and um, got an Airbnb there to um, set up an an Airbnb earn some money and um, not have to pay storage fees in LA and then by February 2020 I went back to Whistler Canada I'd spent some time there before Um, went there for my birthday with some friends and then I March 2020 was in Switzerland and uh, was supposed to do a two-week house and cat sit, and a few days before it started, and I was already in Geneva, the homeowners had to cancel their trip um, due to COVID with the uh, travel bans. So I stayed with them for a week while we tried to figure out what was going on. And um, because at the time, it, only Italy and China were on lockdown, but we could see that it was spreading, and they had Italian passports. So um, we, by the end of the week, we um, saw the travel bans in the U.S. again. Uh, out of Europe. So I ended up having to book a flight. So I was supposed to be over in Europe for six to eight months that year, but after 10 days ended up um, back in the US. And so the last uh, two years has been road tripping. Um, 2020, I did like Montana, um, Wyoming, a lot of the national parks, Utah, Colorado. And then last year I did the Northeast. So all the way up to Maine. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really fun, but I'm hoping that within the next month or so, I'll be able to get abroad again. Amazing. Well, that's a good pivot. Like you were still able to do something and you didn't get stuck. Which Yeah, that was good. my biggest fear. I was like, oh, I this is also going to be really expensive to just pay for a hotel or Airbnb in a country just to <laughs> quarantine or hide out. And so I thought, you know, I, I'll only go back before I can't go back. Right. But it, it looks like things are opening now. So yeah, the world is looking a lot better these days. And I'm, I hope it just like continues to get better and better. Um, I know there'll, it'll never be 
normal the normal we're used to but things things are looking good yeah <laughs> awesome well let's take it back to the John Muir trail um like what sparked your desire to do this I mean people don't just wake up and say that they would want to do a over 200 mile hike so do you want to walk <laughs> us through that <laughs> yeah yeah sure I so it, it's probably really cliche, but I saw the movie Wild in 2015 in the fall, and I really didn't know that through hiking, long distance through hiking was a thing. Um, and I really liked that movie. I liked the experience. Um, but there were a couple things that told me, well, I couldn't do this because, uh, you know, it takes about six months to hike it. And I, at the time, you know, desert hiking didn't appeal to me because I drink a lot of water. And the Northwest didn't appeal to me because of the rain. And so I just kind of put it out of my head. And then a few months later, I had a coworker, um, a friend of mine was, we were talking about vacations for the year and he'd mentioned he might try to hike the John Muir trail. And I looked it up and cause he was saying, yeah, I could, I could hike it in a couple of weeks. And, um, I said, oh, well, it's about 220 miles. Yeah. It looks like the average time to hike it is about three weeks. And, I love the mountains. Um, and I just sort of got, I couldn't get out of my head. I saw the pictures and it just looked so incredible and 150 miles of the John Muir trail is the same as the Pacific crest trail. Um, that is from the movie wild that goes from Mexico to Canada. And this is the mountain section basically. And, um, and then you also do Mount Whitney. And so once I saw the pictures, I started researching it and it, it takes a really long time to get a permit actually, because um, so many people are applying and about 97% rejection rate to get a permit and you have to get yeah. it six months in advance. And it's a bit of a pain. You have to fax in a request every day and then you get a rejection email <laughs> the next day. Um, so after about 10 days, I got accepted for a permit and knew I had just under six months to plan and prepare. So that really started my, you know, I started doing day hikes in the Southern California area, which was perfect training because it's, you know, the same mountains and, um, really good preparation for, um, the John Muir trail, because the John Muir trail goes through, starts in Yosemite Valley, finishes at the top of Mount Whitney. So you go through Yosemite, you go through, um, Kings Canyon, Sequoia National Forest, and you, um, and then finish at Whitney. And so, I started doing day hikes, took a class at REI um, to learn about the basics of backpacking and um, did all of that. And so by the time that I was um, ready to start, I felt pretty prepared, although I had never still actually <laughs> done any sort of backpacking trip. I'd only done car camping. And I also at the time I had been married for about nine years and me and my husband were separated. And so um, I had asked him to move out and we were... Um, we were still talking, but it was definitely a time in my life. I was trying to figure out what to do. So I thought, well, being out in nature by myself for three weeks will give me some time to just get away and, and think about things. So yeah, I started on August 31st, uh, 2016. So pretty much the trail was hiked in September and it was a really great time of year because it, it wasn't so it was warm during the day and it was, um, cold at night but I didn't really have any mosquitoes. I didn't even have to use bug spray. Um, it be, being September though, the weather can be a little iffy. So I did run into a hail thunder lightning storm and then on the day I climbed Whitney, it snowed. Um, so it was definitely all over the place, but it, it's just an absolute incredible trail. And so I, I took the three weeks, um, 
hiked it, you know, pretty much as planned. And um, yeah, it was uh, definitely something that really sparked from a movie. And then, you know, months later, a friend just <laughs> mentioning it. And I thought, well, you know, I, I, I can sometimes take risks in life, but I like to take calculated risks. So I thought, well, I've got six months to plan and prepare. So I think I can do this. Wow. That's amazing. So you were averaging like about 10 mile days, give or take. Yeah. The first half, just because I, I wanted to kind of ease into it. Um, I started at Yosemite Valley and so that's about 4,400 feet. And I, one, your first pass is Donahue Pass. So you don't get to that until I think around mile 40 or so. Um, and it's 11,000 feet. So, but by night two, I was at 9,000 feet. So I, the first half of the trail I was doing the first day, I only did five miles because I was kind of working my way um, up and getting familiar with everything. But after that, it was between eight to 14 miles, the first half and the second half was about 15 to 18 miles a day. Um, the biggest reason for that first to help try to get used to the elevation. Um, some people can get um, altitude sickness. Thankfully, I didn't get altitude sickness, but there I did see some people who, who had to turn back. Um, so once I, I stayed at the halfway point at Muir Trail Ranch and took a zero day, day there, they have some really rustic cabins um, and a backpacker campground. So I stayed two nights there, sent myself a resupply. But from that point on, on the trail, there are no resupply points. And so you, you either, it's 115 miles, um, 105, 115 or so from there to finish the trail. So you can't, the problem is that all of your food and anything with a scent has to fit into a bear canister and you can only fit so much in there. Uh, so I knew that I couldn't fit more than probably nine days worth of food. And that was a stretch. So I had to finish the second half of the trail within nine days, um, in order to not run out of food. So there's some people will hike out to independence, but it's, I think at 10 miles, 11 miles or so one way, um, to go to the post office to pick up a resupply and then they have to hike back in. But I didn't want to do the extra miles and go off the trail. And so I decided, you know, I've got to pick up the pace. So since I knew it would be more miles and higher passes, because as you go south, as you get closer to Whitney, the passes are now 11,000, 12,000, 13,000 feet. So I decided I would, you know, kind of more ease into it, average more of the 10 or so the first half. And then it was um, closer to the 15 to 18 on the second half. Wow. That's, oh my God, you just nice. powered through it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems, yeah. Right? It's, yeah. And it's, it's definitely the thing that's really hard too, is you have this backpack that's ridiculously heavy. I bought so many items that were ultra lightweight. So I thought, oh, my backpack's not going to be so heavy. And my pack was still 50 pounds with full food, full water. And I, I do carry about four liters of water. Right? I don't like stopping during the day, but I met people who had 60 pound packs. Some guys had 63 um, pound packs. So I didn't feel so bad, but there were definitely people who actually had to stop um, hiking the trail and they, or they were just mentally fatigued because, because of the weight of the pack, they weren't used to that. So even if they were experienced hikers, it was really throwing them because the, the trail is never flat. You're constantly climbing up and down. I think the elevation gains about 47,000 feet up and about 52,000 feet down. So with this constant climbing and the heavy pack, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty exhausting. You kind of just have to not think about it and just keep going. Oh my God. Sounds like it. And, um, so right after this, you, 
you like switched over to, I want to keep having this adventurous lifestyle. Um, and then you decided to just quit and move out and just, you know, live your life on the road. So it was this, this moment. Uh, this really, I kind of knew mentally that I, I distinctly remember thinking, I think my life's going to look really different. And, you know, I was really excited. I was also a little nervous. I didn't really know what that would mean. Um, I just knew that um, I didn't really want to just kind of stay with the status quo of how I was living my life. So I had worked for um, this company at that point about nine years. And so when I got back from the trail, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wish I could say that the trail gives you hundred percent insight. It definitely helps. And it definitely helps you focus your mind. Cause you don't have all the distractions of everyday life. Um, you can just kind of think you're, you're out in nature, but I was still, it still took me a couple months to, to pull the trigger. And, um, then I filed for divorce and that, that was, you know, emotionally difficult for me. And so that really took a year or so of settling all of that. And once I, once I went through all of that and I, I knew, I, I liked the company I worked for. I liked the people I worked for, but I was just feeling really bored and, and stagnant. And so I had planned the fall of 2017. So a year after hiking the John Muir trail, I planned a three week trip to Scandinavia. And it started with a nine day hiking and kayaking tour through the Norwegian fjords. So with, went with REI adventures, uh, they no longer do out of the country tours, but it was really incredible because I wanted to have a similar experience on the John Muir trail. I wanted to be out in nature, but I wasn't so confident doing it by myself in another country. So we, they were really great because they helped us, uh, do all of the, um, it, like they had the kayaks and the paddle boards and all of that sort of stuff. So, um, it was kayaking through the fjords, hiking. We hiked on the tallest peak. We climbed a glacier. And after that nine days, then I had 10 days by myself to explore. So I went to Oslo uh, and then I went to Copenhagen in Denmark and then Stockholm in Sweden. And I just really loved traveling by myself. And it was kind of unexpected. I had done small trips uh, before I was married where I would, um, you know, do like a road trip or something by myself, but, or travel for work um, once I was married, but travel by myself. So this was my first time on an actual like vacation and it was really fun. I could eat when I wanted, I could uh, explore <laughs> whenever I wanted. And, um, I just had so much fun and I was already meeting different people and it was a very different experience than traveling with my, my ex-husband. So when I came back into LA, it was the fall of 2017, I just remember thinking I was sitting in the Uber that I didn't for the first time in 15 years, I'd lived here for 15 years, um, that, oh, I don't think I want to be here anymore. <laughs> and it, it really made me just realize I'm, you know, I knew the year before I, my life was going to be different. And then by 2017, it was, you know, I'm a little bit um, tired of the traffic and the expense and things. And I just feel like God had a different path for me. So I started thinking about it, but it still seemed really undoable. You know, I've, I'd had a paycheck since I was 16 and um, not having a paycheck really terrified me. And, but multiple things happened within the next few months. The house next door to me sold uh, for way more money than I would have anticipated. And it was very similar to my house. Then I had um, 
a realtor knock on my door and ask if I wanted to sell my house. There were just multiple things that I realized, okay, I think, I think that God has a new plan for me. And I spent the spring of 2018, just doing some repairs and getting things done on my house. And so by the summer, my house was sold and um, decided, all right, I'm going to I'm going to pack up. And all I knew is I, I wanted to drive to Alaska. I had seen somewhere online that there's one road that goes to Alaska called the Alaska Highway. And I thought, well, that seems really remote and really cool. Uh, what a neat way to get to Alaska. So that was really all I had in mind. And I, I had um, a few ideas of countries that I knew I wanted to see. I knew I wanted to see Thailand and Vietnam. I'd heard a lot of good things about them. I knew I wanted to see Australia and New Zealand. I still haven't made it to New Zealand though. Um, so there are, there are many places I knew eventually I wanted to go to. Um, I just didn't really have anything planned. I actually, the day I left LA, I didn't even have a hotel room, but <laughs> I just started driving North. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely, it took me about two years after hiking the JMT to actually have pulled the trigger, settled everything, feel like I was leaving with closure, uh, before I started then the full-time travels. That's so great to hear. Like some people just think it's like, okay, well, you have this vision or, you know, you, you have this thought and you have to do it right away, but it took you two years, which, you know, that's a realistic time frame for a lot of people, right? Like I have to sell my house. I have to sell my car. I have to get things into place. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's, a, that's, you have a really good point there. Cause I, I do, um, I think it is important to really, even on my blog, I try to be really realistic with these things because I know for me, when, when I would see, oh, there's these people out, you know, living the dream or exploring. And I thought, oh, that seems so out of any sort of possibility. And mm -hmm. it, it took me a long time for that reason of like the logistics, you know, I wanted to, um, my family from Missouri came out and saw me multiple times before losing their free housing that they had in LA <laughs> to come visit. And I, I, I'm glad I did it that way because by the time I left then I felt ready because it, it was like coming to terms with it. I'd lived there for 15 years and I worked at my company by the time I left, it'd been 11 years and it, there's definitely logistics that come into play. I mean, even simple things like, well, I need to get a new phone because I'm using my phone for pictures and I need one with more data. And well, I'm going overseas. So the phone needs to be paid off so I can unlock it and get some cards in different countries. And there's just a lot of logistics that are involved in that. So um, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because I do think it's important for people to, to realize it's okay too, <laughs> even if you have a vision, if it takes you a little bit while to actually get to that vision. <laughs> well, since you were speaking of um, the challenges that you had just with getting it started. Um, now that you have been, you know, on the road and have, you know, solo female traveled for some time, what challenges um, have you encountered, you know, because you've been a solo female traveler? Yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, one thing to, to back up on the John Muir Trail that the through, long distance through hiking is still um, definitely dominating, dominated by males. It's not nearly as it was 10, 20 years ago. There's a lot more females hiking it. Um, it's still more, you'll see more men um, than you will women. And I think, you know, there was one point, I talk about this in my book, is there was one guy I met from Canada and um, he was nice and we were friends and we chatted for a few hours while hiking. But, and he had met up with a few other people. So a, a woman, a man uh, that were a married couple and then another solo female. So they were, the four of them were kind of hiking together. 
And I saw him when he was just by himself and we, we hiked together for a while. And the next day I just, I felt very much like he was an experienced hiker. I thought, I don't think that he thinks that I can hike this. I, I had a goal to meet my friend. She was going to hike in some, some treats for me. And so I thought, you know, I told him I'm going to get to Cursarge Pass by this day. And, and I could just see the look on his face. I could see the, mm, you're not prepared. You're not going to make it. And, and I was really determined. And the day before um, I needed to meet my friend, I had to end up doing two passes that day. I camped near that group. They left much earlier than me in the morning. Um, I still cooked my breakfast, got ready. And I ended up getting to their campsite only about 20 minutes after them. And we were eating dinner all together that night. And he, he admitted that he said, you know, I, I really underestimated you. I didn't think you'd make it this far. Um, and, and at this point, so I ended up, um, going to meet my friend and I, I ended up finishing the trail. I, I didn't see them, this group for several days, but we actually ended up all finishing together on the last like two miles of the trail. And they actually told me the the woman that was part of the group, she said, you know, you were the topic of conversation the whole next day because we hiked Glen Pass the day after you and it was the hardest pass and we can't believe you hiked it on an 18 mile day and, and that you started the pass so late in the afternoon. And, um, it made me feel really good. She was really supportive. She, she, the night that the guy said, you know, I, I underestimated you. I didn't think that you could make it. She kind of chimed in and said, no, I had faith in you. I said, I won't be surprised if I see her around the corner. So I think that there is definitely still this kind of underestimating women, um, underestimating solo women um, when you're in the long distance through hiking world. But with my solo travels, you know, there can, same thing that when you run into other solo travels, it tends to be more males. It's definitely changing. I mean, every year I actually see more and more solo female travel travelers that I've met on day tours and, and things that I've been able to connect with. But yeah, there's definitely sometimes the, you know, I, I get asked, aren't you afraid? Aren't, aren't, don't you think you, aren't you afraid you'll get attacked or what if something happens? And, you know, sometimes I have those concerns, but I try to do things with prepare. I usually actually carry a little pocket knife. I had pepper spray until the Canadian border took it from me. Um, I didn't realize that it's illegal there, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely times where, um, people look at you a little funny. I had, uh, it was some day tour. I think I was in Australia. There was a couple who were probably in their sixties and, they found out that I was a solo female and the guy said, well, where's your husband? And I said, well, I don't have one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's weird. People just sometimes <laughs> literally feel like they can ask, where's your husband? Um, so yeah, some people just get very confused. You know, they're, why are you traveling alone? We don't understand why. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, and I, I haven't even been to, there are some countries where actually you can't travel solo as a female, um, you need to have a male escort. And so, yeah, it's, it's changing every year. You know, there's, there's more and more women, but I think people are just used to seeing a woman with somebody, um, whether it's a friend, a partner, um, whoever, just somebody not alone. They're, they're more familiar with seeing solo males. Um, and there, there are different precautions I'd say that you have to take as a solo female, um, just making sure that um, you don't end up, you know, becoming a victim or a target or anything. But when I was in Thailand, I met these British guys on a day tour and uh, ATV and hiking tour, and we ended up checking out the clubs and everything that night. And I did end up this really tall um, German guy was kind of 
stuck against the wall in this big crowd and he kept trying to hit on me and then he tried to kiss me and I all I could do was turn my head and he kissed my ear and I couldn't get out of the crowd I was really boxed in and so I, I only could reach my arm through the crowd and grab one of the British guy's shirt and then he came and kind of pushed oh. the guy off so there's there's definitely times where like I wouldn't even have gone out to be honest with you if I weren't if I didn't meet those British guys, um, I just wouldn't have felt comfortable there. So you do, there are things that you have to do um, that I think sometimes men don't have to worry about. <laughs> right. It's always, it's so unfair. Just like even walking through a city, I'm like, I have to take an Uber home just because there could be crazies out right now. Yes. Um, and you had to like really investigate the Uber. Like I need to make sure I was in the right one and got a good you know, feeling from the person. And then they started being weird. So I got off, you know, just get, like everything. Yeah. And I think it's really important to trust your intuition because, you know, there are times where, you know, you're into where I've experienced my intuition feels a little off, but I, I don't want to be rude. So, um, you know, I end up being nicer now i'm stuck in a situation where i was in homer alaska at the salty dog um, saloon it's definitely a whole bunch of male fishermen <laughs> and they this one guy bought me a drink and he kept saying um oh let's go to dinner let's go to dinner i want to show you my boat and I, I was really uncomfortable he was really aggressive and i i probably should have been a little more firm but i, I thought i was giving enough clues that i just thought i was like no i don't think so and and then he finally made me program his phone number, my phone and said, okay, well, I'll leave, but you call me if you want to have dinner. And then as soon as he left, another guy came up and, and tried to buy me a drink. And then I saw, ah, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> and I, I've had to really learn that, you know, I need to trust my gut. If I'm uncomfortable with this guy or, or somebody's making me feel this way, then I need to just stand firm and say, uh, no, thank you. And sometimes just leave the situation and, and not worry about feeling rude, you know, because that could end up, you know, putting you in a bad situation. And uh, I've actually read an article about that, that women um, tend to be more agreeable and not wanting to be rude or offend somebody, but, and can end up being in, in some not so good situations because of it. So I've had to really learn, I'm going to trust my gut and I don't care if I come across as rude. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. Um, I wanted to ask for anyone who's listening to this and inspired and they want to, you know, even go on just, you know, a day hike or, you know, a overnight backpacking trip. Um, what are some must know tips for, for women wanting to, to venture out in the wilderness that you'd like to share? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that was really helpful for me because I was such a newbie, I had done a lot of camping as a kid, but it was car camping and with my family. So having to do it on my own, I took that class. It was like a six hour class on a Saturday with REI where it was backpacking basics. And they really went over sleeping bags and stoves and how to use a compass and reading a map. And it was really helpful because it really does just start with here's the the basics that you that you need to know to get out there and if you're not comfortable just going even on a day hike by yourself or you're not sure about the terrain um because things can be dangerous especially if you you're not properly prepared then you know there's so many different hiking meetup groups um different communities that you can find other people that you can go on you know day hikes with and and there's groups that are just women <clears throat> you know if you feel more comfortable 
Um, and so there's a lot of opportunities, I think, to that ease into it, to what makes you comfortable. You know, if you're, if you're already an experienced, um, hiker, but maybe you want to try it solo for the first time, then, you know, start with a smaller hike and start with something that, you know, is less risky as far as wildlife or terrain. So I think that it really matters on, um, doing what you're personally comfortable with because everybody has a different, um, comfort level and different experience level. I did a four day backpacking trip in Olympic national park in Washington with two of my friends, um, two females. And I was so happy to have them there. My, my friend, Mandy, she planned the whole route. I didn't know anything about it. It was kind of a last minute thing for me after I'd left LA and we had such a blast and it was my first time with just a, a women's trip. And, um, we just had so many, so much laughter at, you know, <laughs> thinking that we were walking through Jurassic park or Fern Gully. And, um, it was definitely a different type of trip than I had experienced being by myself. And so that was also really enjoyable. So just try out different settings that, that you think you will like. And, um, and even if you like one, it, it doesn't mean you don't like the others. <laughs> you could like lots of different types, but I think starting slower, starting with less mileage, mileage or taking some courses or finding some of these meetup groups can, can help people get familiar. And then once you do a few, um, you'll feel more comfortable to expand on that. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Um, Christy, I want to ask, ask you our last question. This is a question we've been asking all our guests this season. Um, why do you travel? Good question. Um, I think for me personally, it's something that I just feel like is meant to be my life path and meant to be something that I'm doing, but it really brings me joy to learn about other cultures, to meet people of all sorts of different walks of life that I feel. And I think when you asked me the question at the beginning, if I prefer exploring our neighbors or, or domestically, and it's something that I, while I do love the U.S. and there's many amazing things to see in the U.S., something that I get when I go abroad is just seeing people who have different way of life, different culture um, is really intriguing to me. I just love learning about the things that they do and um, the things that they've learned while growing up and um, just hearing from them and hearing their life story is something that I think is what brings me probably the most fulfillment while traveling. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Um, where can our listeners find find you and, and read more about you. Yeah. Um, so I have a website, uh, Teglo goes. So T E G L O G O E S.com. And you'll, you, I also have a section of my book there, weathered finding strength on the John Muir trail. And you can find the book on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and most bookstores will have it on their website as well. Amazing. And we're linking everything in the show notes. So you could check out more about Christy there and Thank you, Christy. This is amazing. Um, I, I love, I love chatting with other solo female travelers, um, hikers. So this has been, this has been a really awesome episode. Yeah. Thanks. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And I think it's great that you guys are highlighting women and, and highlighting um, just people I think that haven't been so highlighted in, in these things. So I just think it's great that, that you guys are putting a focus on that. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Christy. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Bye. See you. Bye. That's our episode. Please remember to subscribe and follow 
for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. If you enjoyed our show and our guests, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Oh My Travel Podcasts, at The Wild Explorer, and at Martha Gets It. And please feel free to share this with your friends and leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye.